Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Drew, and I want to welcome you back to Learn How to See Better. It's the only podcast out there that'll actually improve your vision the longer you listen. Okay, so I'm just sitting here taking a moment to myself, and I've got a couple of thoughts running through my mind that I just need to let escape for a moment. Um because that's important for people to do, to be able to have an ability to express, right? So one of those thoughts is the idea that um, I learned something pretty powerful at a recent mastermind. And the concept was um, made very clear by using a, a game analogy, playing cards, right? In many games, when you play cards with yourself or a group of people, there's a process, right? The interaction with the cards, you and the cards, it's, it's a game, right? And what's your, your next move? And, and the thing about it is that you're constantly either picking up cards or putting down cards, right? There's constantly cards exchanging hands in any kind of card game. Something has to happen with those cards. So most times we're picking up cards and we're putting down cards. Sometimes you're trying to collect more cards. A lot of times you're trying to get rid of your cards. And one of the lessons that was driven home was using that analogy with the card game and how we learn things and how how we're able to express things and how we're able to transfer that knowledge, to transfer what we picked up, what we gain. And sometimes we may have or develop or find ourselves in a place where we've been just picking up a whole lot of cards, but we're not we're not putting any down. We're not putting any cards down. And when you think about the idea that if, you know, what we were picking up and not putting down, like what would make that bad, right? Because if you're picking up everything and not putting it down, um, that'd be called hoarding. And hoarding's a bad word, isn't it? So you think, okay, if, if you're picking up, you're putting back down, you're having this exchange. Let, let's just say now instead of cards, it's knowledge. Think about that for a moment. If you're just picking up knowledge and you're not putting it down or putting it out there or sharing it or, or you know, exchanging it with another player in some way, shape or form, then effectively you've not really done any good to the universe, especially if you don't do anything with that knowledge whatsoever. You know, I, th- I think probably the only thing worse that would be the, the only thing worse you could do besides taking the knowledge and keeping it and not doing anything with it. Well, yeah, <laughs> I said that backwards. Um, picking up all the knowledge and not sharing it, not helping others with it. You know, the only thing worse than that is not helping yourself, not taking something and doing with it for you in whatever shape or form is appropriate, right? And in some instances, you may pick up information along your travels that it's like, okay, well, that doesn't really apply to me. And so I was thinking about that recently because, you know, I feel like I've been in a knowledge quest, a growth quest for, gosh, over a decade now, right? And some of the challenge is you might go off and learn, I don't know, maybe you decide you want to go learn about dinosaur bones because it's really interesting and you want to have a better understanding of the earth and and where dinosaurs came from and what that must have been like 100 million years ago, okay? So that might be something that you have, um, that you have an interest in, something that you pursue, something that you hold close to the heart um, and something that you value. But if you're finding all this rewarding from this gaining of knowledge, it's, it's going to be limited if, if it's not, uh, if it's not, uh, if you, you don't, 
you don't just eat. <laughs> you got to process and, you know, what comes in comes out. Right. So I think, uh, you know, what comes in you by way of knowledge is only useful if it comes out of you in some way, shape or form. So whether you're teaching someone or whether you're demonstrating something or whether you're practicing, you're going through those motions, implementing and making changes or taking action on that which you acquire. Right. That's where that value begins to manifest itself or, or begins to really show up in the real world. So my dilemma is how do I go about doing that more? Because I find that um, in every area of life, as we experience, you know, life is like a multi-spoke wheel, right? You have different elements of your life, you know, you can broad categorize them into you've got your the relationships you have with yourself and others you know your relationships category then there's your you know your the personal side right everything that's you and, and your health physically and mentally and, and and spiritually right um and then you know there's the wealth component right uh the elements of how you support sustain yourself whether it's food shelter clothing assets right so as, as you think about all those things that you learn uh, and how some of them are so valuable, but as you pick things up over time, not only do we sometimes, again, find ourselves not sharing that information, these findings, these gold nuggets with other people, but there's also instances where we're not utilizing that knowledge that we've obtained for ourselves. And if you haven't shared it and you're not actualizing it for yourself, then is it not then become useless? I don't know. What would you say? So when I really dig into it a little bit further, it's like, okay, um, I was just thinking about uh, what about the things I picked up along my journey with regards to, let's say, health as of late. Um, in the last probably three years, um, I've been more intentional about my own health than probably any time I can think of, you know, outside of when I was, you know, playing competitive athletics. And there's different value placed on the efforts and the intention that you put around that. Um, just as far as our general well-being, you know, for for long-reaching views. I mean, it's crazy to think that ever since I was probably maybe seven years old and would start thinking forward to the future. You know, uh, you start to see yourself getting bigger. You know, you're not a four-year-old anymore. You look forward to being a 10-year-old. You're not a teenager. You're not a grown-up, right? But you start to be able to, to to project a little bit of vision and have ideas for what your life is going to be like. And I remember thinking back one time, it, it might actually have been my seventh birthday or somewhere around there, but thinking, wow, you know, birthdays were the coolest thing. Uh, specific to my birthday, uh, I remember uh, my parents had had a big party for me and it was crazy to think that, you know, uh, when you're a kid, you got some neighborhood friends that come by, but a lot of times in your younger years, the par the parents are really the ones that, <laughs> that benefit from the birthday party. They're inviting their friends to come by. So it is celebration, family, friends, relatives, all that good stuff. And I remember... Uh, for whatever reason, I was running around telling everybody on my seventh birthday, hey, it's my, my birthday, you know, what are you going to give me <laughs> or something to that effect? And a lot of people that had just showed up to hang out were like, uh, I don't know, here's two bucks, kid, get out of here. Yeah, happy birthday. Here's five bucks. And I remember 
feeling like I clean house because at the end of the, the, the day of my birthday, it was like, I think I made uh, $51 at $51 in cash. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm rich. And it was just so exciting. And I thought, oh my gosh, every birthday from this point out is going to be <laughs> like hitting the lottery. And then, you know, you just start thinking forward and that's a little fun exercise. And then, you know, later I remember thinking like, wow, you know, one day I'm going to have a 100th birthday party. I'll be a hundred years old. And I had this vision of it where it's like all oh, your family and friends around. And of course, you know, when you're a kid envisioning this, you know, you're just, you're bigger and older. You're not like really looking, you know, probably like what a hundred year old might look like, but it was just the most fun time. And then everybody celebrates and you have a great time, cake, candles, all the fun things and gifts and just all the people that matter. And then, you know, it was kind of like after the, the party's over and everyone goes home in the end of the evening, you know, you sit back in your favorite rocking chair and you just kind of reflect on, you know, how awesome everything has been. And then, you know, at the end of the evening, when you go to the sleep, go night night, um, you just drift into that, uh, that peaceful, perpetual sleep. And it was uh, one of those things you kind of think about like, wow, what a, what a, what a nice, pleasant, peaceful way to have the story in. And then, you know, I don't remember what, you know, that was just kind of end of the story, no different than in the movie for a kid. And uh, sometimes it's something so, so simple that you just kind of imagine life. And it's crazy to think that uh, what you recognize now, you know, I'm just over 40 years old currently at the time of this recording. And as I sit and think, 100, wow, that's awesome. You know, because I, all through my life, as I've thought about getting older, I've had this image come back, you know, my hundredth birthday. And, you know, it's just the funnest time, quality time with loved ones. And then when the party's over and music ends and turn off the lights and go to sleep, that's, you know, that's all she wrote for this chapter. Right. And so when you think about that now, um, present day, it's 2020, I'm 40 plus, you know, it's like the idea um, is awesome that that still is held true in my mind because with all the, um, the, uh, evolutions, if you want to use the word of, of mankind and, and progress is made and, um, you know, technology and ability to, um, get the most out of life, right. Get the most out of life, I think is here now more than it's ever been before. But I also recognize the fact that, you know, there's, there's the other side of the coin or it's like, okay, well, it's not like that's just a free ticket that, um, you know, just because we got high speed internet, you know, you're good to go to a hundred and <laughs> be able to download all the fun songs you need to reminisce all the way into, um, up to the triple digits. It's one of those more, it's one of those things where it's more of a scenario where you have to stop and think and say, well, if, you know, I want to be able to have that that party, what does that require? Right? Well, one, it's like, okay, you, you obviously need to make sure that you, um, you got to take care of yourself long enough to, uh, to be at that point. Right. You know, in, in that vision, I wasn't in a wheelchair. I wasn't hooked up to a machine. I didn't not remember everybody around me. Right. So if, if I want to be able to preserve that, I have to take care of my mind. I got to take care of my body. Right. I got to take care of my spirit. And was just thinking about um, that recently. Um, recently, um, you know, somewhat um, for the fact that I think we all recognize that there is an element of mortality 
that's part of that cycle of life um, that we, you know, pleasantly, hopefully manage to kind of put in the back of our mind as we go through our days and, and, and make the most of our days, right, in a positive sense. But in reality, I think uh, the thoughts of the cycle of life uh, kind of slip to the background until they become readily apparent or slap us in the face or, you know, shock or surprise. Um, you know, there's been instances where, you know, post high school and college, you know, I've had classmates you, you end up hearing about and it's like, oh my goodness, we're only X years old, right? Um, you know, people in their 30s or even their 20s, right? Um, surprisingly leaving this earth and it's like, oh my goodness. And some of them were tragic and that they were unexpected or couldn't have been prevented. And in other cases, there might have been some unique hereditary thing. In some cases, it might have been something else. But what's also recognized is just the fact that um, not everybody's a tank, right? And and that we are fragile beings that must be cared for from the standpoint of um, sustaining for the long run, right? Um, you know, you see a lot of the... Um, you know, professional athletes that are, you know, banged up and, and beat up. They gave some of their best years as gladiators, you know, on a, on a football field or in a sports arena, and it takes its toll, right? So they have to be additionally conscious about how they, um, you know, add best practices into their life to maintain, because if your knees are knocked up and your nose has been broken six times in 10 years and, you know, you got just adjustments, right? Um, I think of the sportscaster, I think his name's Booger McFarlane, you know, he's a big dude, he's got these big old hands, he's on TV, and it's like his finger, you know, goes at like a 90 degree angle from the rest of his hand, because it's, you know, been busted and, you know, blown out so many times on the gridiron. And, um, but, you know, I would imagine there's probably things he's been able to do to, to alleviate some of those ailments, right? Um, because our bodies get broken up in the course of life if we don't treat them well. And, uh, the idea takes me back to a song uh, that I heard about 20 years ago. It's a hip hop track called Be Healthy uh, by the group Dead Prez. And it was a very melodious, you know, nice paced track where, you know, the guy's not necessarily lecturing or, you know, it's not, you know, an aggressive, you know, type of uh, song or anything like that. But um, he's just saying be healthy. And it was just very, you know, basic, uh, you know, basic elements of, of health that have been around for, Days, weeks, months, years, decades, centuries, right? Just just taking care of ourselves, uh, owning the responsibility for the care of this of this structure that w- that we occupy for, if we're lucky, a hundred years or more, right? Um, hopefully, we're lucky in that scenario. But but to get there, if you've ever wanted to maintain or prolong this existence as long as possible, it's like okay, that has to be baked into our overall plan, our overall vision. And, you know, being healthy and taking care of ourselves. And I'm actually thinking, you know, like today, right now, April 1st, 2020, um, no April Fool's jokes, right? If I were having a conversation and someone were, you know, asking me the question, what are you doing to be healthy right now, right? Because there's a lot of different views, opinions, approaches, strategies, methodologies, information, facts, fiction, opinion, the whole gamut, right? Pros, cons to each, opportunity cost. I mean, (laughs) it gets deep, right? And so as not to overcomplicate things, because one of my mentors once told me, you know, most things are simple. It's the people that complicate them. 
I had to really give pause and ask myself, you know, what I feel the most important elements above and beyond anything are. Um, Because you know what? There are going to be elements of our existence that we don't have total control over. Um, What's that one quote say? It's uh, I've learned that life is is uh, 10% what happens to me and 90% how I react to it. It's your attitude. And so I think as we look at attitude and mindset um, and positive outlook, positive outcome, you know, those types of ideas, I think that the most important component to being healthy starts up top. It starts in our head. It starts in our heart. And it goes back to the idea that we will encounter facts that uh, require us to make decisions or require us to take actions, right? But a lot of it's driven by, again, you know, where's your head at? What's the focus on those facts? Or are you going to lean more towards faith in a good positive outcome or or more towards fear and a negative outcome? And I think that knowing that that is where all of our decision points and our life existence with regards to like what we decide to do and how we want to exist and experience life, it's through our perceptional filters, how we view the world, what our response to stimuli is, you know, you know, you keep touching a hot stove, burn your hand, you know, maybe you got a gas stove and fire. Maybe when you're older, you see fire and you're like, uh, you know, something in your brain's like, oh, don't do, get away from that. You've, you've experienced pain before. And so I think that in general, Most of my life I spent thinking in my head was that as long as you take care of yourself physically, that like the rest of you is taken care of. Right. And so, you know, you realize that can only get you so far, because if you've got um, if you've taken care of one category, but you've just completely neglected another, that's going to show up. Right. That's going to show up in in its um, in your existence. Um, you know, back to the old age thing, right? You know, there was a conversation I'd been in, involved in once. It's like, okay, as you, as you, as things deteriorate, would you rather lose your mind or lose your body? You know, you want to be quick witted and, and, and still able to remember every detail, but you're in a wheelchair and you're all decrepit, decrepit, or would you rather be able to move around and, and still be able to dance and do the jig, but you can't even remember, you know, your kid's names or your spouse's name, right? There's, there's, you know. Both of those, it's like, oh, do you want to freeze to death or burn to death? None of those really appeal regardless, but it's like, if you had to pick the lesser of the two evils, I'd, I'd have to keep my mind. I'd have to keep my mind uh, most definitely because if I'm not able to enjoy this experience, you know, um, and understand what's going on, it's like, I'm not even here. It's not even a real thing. But preservation of mind as the number one thing, if you can have the consciousness to think clearly, right, to have that tool that's going to allow you to drive your your physical elements in such a way that's going to be sustaining. If you have clear conscience, uh, if you have clear uh, thinking ability, consciously and subconsciously, it's going to be able to you to make the spiritual connections necessary to, to be strong in your spiritual faith and your belief, right? You got to have strong belief when you go out and, and hook to live to a hundred, right? <laughs> Cause you know, any day you can walk outside of your house and there goes a bus and you aren't looking both ways or some other unexpected calamity, you know, there's a lot of living to do to get to a hundred. And so being healthy, uh, making sure that you're able to make good decisions, 
Um, I think that there's instances where it's like if you've ever made a decision that could have put your life in jeopardy, but you didn't give the threat the level of respect that it deserves, it's like, wow, you know, what a what an error in judgment. And that's from the kid that didn't look both ways before across the street, even though they've been told. Right to uh, the 21 year old that's, you know, just meeting up with a few friends and they're just celebrating and. You know, they don't do a whole lot of drinking, but this one particular time and those decisions about do you get the Uber or the Lyft or go ahead and drive home because it's only a couple of miles down the way, right? These are decisions that might alter the course of things in time, if not properly evaluated, measured, weighed out and decided upon. So. I think number one being the mental and that's probably the number one thing that I'm doing right now to take care of myself. And that is driving traction in physicality, spirituality, you know, just, just looking at everything in its totality, get it all together, right? What better time than now? Hey everybody, I want to thank you for tuning in to Learn How to See Better. It's the only podcast out there that'll improve your vision the longer you listen. 